This may feel like rock bottom, but I think rock bottom may still be coming. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Northwestern, your daily podcast on the Northwestern Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. This is Locked On Northwestern, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first listen for anything and everything Northwestern. We really appreciate it. We are available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever uh, you, you can find us there. We're also on YouTube. Just search Locked On Northwestern. Uh, you can find us wherever you are listening. Make sure you subscribe, turn on no- notifications. Uh, make sure you leave a comment because that helps us. Uh, make sure you give us some feedback. We're always trying to make the show better. All right, so look, things are really, really bad. Uh, Iowa 33, Northwestern 13 this weekend. Um, Did not see that coming the way that it did. Uh, The Northwestern score may not have, like, overly surprised me, but goodness gracious, the Iowa one did. I mean, the over-under was daggum 37 points, and... Here we are uh, at the end of all of this, just uh, with with what turned into a beatdown. I mean, really, it wasn't as close as it looks right there with that 20-point score. Northwestern scored that garbage-time touchdown. We'll talk more about the offense here in a little while, but Iowa was so much better. It was not comparable. It was painful. Northwestern couldn't do anything on offense and couldn't stop Iowa's offense. I mean, that's horrifying to think about. I mean, Iowa Northwestern made Iowa look competent on offense, which is horrible. Optimism, yeah, it's gone. Uh, you're one and seven now. One and seven through eight games. Seven game losing streak. Uh, four games left. Four games left. Uh, things. Are not looking up. I mean, seven straight losses after that week zero win against Nebraska in Dublin. One and four in conference play. Obviously, four straight losses in that as well. I mean, things are not pointing up. And let's start by talking about the the uh, defense. I mean, that was horrible. That was pathetic. I mean, Iowa was among among one of the worst offenses in the country in almost every category 14 points per game 227 yards per game uh they had the fewest amount of yards in the country it was really um concerning to see them put up 252 yards of offense in the first half at halftime they were 25 yards over their average that is unacceptable northwestern's defense got dominated up front pushed around there were massive holes for iowa's offense to run the football uh i mean look i mean they were competent i was i scored on seven of their eight drive they also only had they they only had eight drives they should not be scoring 30, 33 points that's 
horrendous. Some of them some long drives, too. You had an 85-yard drive that ended in a short field goal. Um, I mean, 252 yards at half, way over the game average. Five of 11 on third downs. This is an Iowa offense that was quite literally last in the Big Ten in third down uh, conversion percentage at 27%. And they were five for 11. You did not do a good job getting off the field. They were way above their average there. Let's talk about Spencer Petrus. Northwestern figured out somehow how to make him look good. Or I mean, not good, adequate. He's been maybe the worst quarterback in the country all season long. And here he is, 21 of 30, 70% completion percentage, well above his average for the season. 220 yards, well above his average there. One touchdown, and then had the QB sneak for a touchdown as well. No interceptions. Um, look, he's the worst starter in the country, and you made him look like a capable college quarterback when every other defense has made him look pretty much foolish. Um, and you couldn't stop the run. And that's, that's disappointing. You, nothing about this game went your way. Uh, they were, they converted their only fourth down. They were six yards of play, uh, 4.8 yards per rush. They ran for 173 yards in this game. They were they played a cleaner game. They had fewer penalties. I mean, it was it was really ugly. Um, they only allowed one sack. You only got one sack. And we'll talk about what Iowa's defense did. Look, I mean, six tackles for loss, not good enough. Um, not enough. You the 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 front, the front seven got pushed around. You lost the six inch war. It was Truly ugly. Um, it was just dominance on Iowa's part. Uh, they had five plays of 15 or more yards in the passing game, which they, I guarantee you they have not had all year long. They had three plays of 20-plus yards in the pass game, seven plays of 10, 10 yards or more in the run game. They had... 12 explosive or 12 big plays according to stat broadcast they had uh they had obviously had that 23 yard touchdown rush um that was crucial i mean even when northwestern kind of for they only forced one punt but when they forced punt maybe maybe you, you thought northwestern had a path back but um no not at all actually and uh it actually, it, that transition us transitions us perfectly into the offense. And what what was the offense like? Well, it was not good. Before we talk about the offense, though, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source 
for for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-game or in-depth analysis of every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Before we get going here in uh, talking about the offense, Thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, wherever you listen to podcasts, and on YouTube. All right. Let's talk about this offense. The offense was just stagnant. It really was not. Um, it was not a very well played game by the offense by any stretch of the imagination. Brendan Sullivan was was not awful. He was twenty three of thirty, one hundred fifty nine yards, two touchdowns, one interception, seventy seven percent completion percentage. He's not. At least he's not turning the ball over like crazy. Uh, his one interception was a a heave there at the end of the half. 77% completion percentage is rather strong. It really, um, it was somewhat effective, but the fact that you had 23 completions and only 159 yards shows that you have no willingness to push the ball down the field in this game. And I think you saw that play out. I mean, you saw... Evan Hull, Bryce Kurtz lead the way with five receptions each. Bryce Kurtz with 35 yards actually ended up being your highest graded player on pro football focus. He had a 75.1 total grade and a 74 pass grade for his five reception, 35 yard game. The offense allowed seven sacks, the offensive line. Uh, There were eight allowed all season long before this game. The interesting fact there, the offensive line pass block grades are not that bad. They really aren't. They're they're solid even. Peter uh, Peter Skaronsky, 89 on his pass block grade. Wiedeker set 87.4. Charlie Schmidt, 84.9. Caleb Tiernan, 79.1. And Vincent Bacazzi is the only truly bad Offensive line pass block grade at a 56.7. That's the only one that you can really point to and say is bad. But yet, Northwestern allowed seven sacks in this game. The run blocking grades, those were not good. Those were actually bad. Uh, Skaronsky had a 70.1. Picazzi had a 66.3. Wiedeker had a 65.4. Those are your only kind of acceptable ones. And then you have Schmidt with a 58 point three and Tiernan with a 58 flat look it was um not pretty you could not run the football as those grades would uh indicate 
Evan Hull had 11 rushes, 32 yards, had a long of 10. So on his other 10 carries, he averaged 2.2 yards. He averaged 2.9 for the game when you when you account for that one. Uh, Andrew Tyus, he was 6 for 15, uh, a long of 5. Andrew, er, Actually, Anthony Tyus, uh, Andrew Clare, 3 for 9 in the game uh, with a long of 5. Nobody ran the ball well. Cam Porter, two for four. As a team, when you account for the sack yardage that Brendan Sullivan took, you average just half a yard per carry. It really was was rough. I mean, you had uh, 22, 23 carries uh, when you don't look at the, at the sacks for about um, 60 total yards. That's well below uh, three yards per carry. Really was 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 not a great performance on the ground at all. Evan Hull had his five catches for 25 yards. So your best player had his 16 touches for 57 yards. Um, when you don't get him going, the entire offense seems to kind of fold in on itself. Uh, and that's what you kind of saw in this game. Um, just... No momentum. No, you weren't able to string together any drives. Um, not able to do anything early. When you look at the first quarter numbers, really first half numbers, just 14 yards in the first quarter. Five rushes for a negative two yard or a negative two yards a pop. Actually, five rushes for negative 10 yards and 24 passing yards. Second quarter. Pretty similar, 26 total yards. You had eight rushes for negative seven yards and then 33 passing yards. Uh, to to kind of add to that, you had 25 yards of penalties in that uh, quarter as well. So the first half, you had 40 yards of offense. That's not going to get it done. on the In the second half, you did come to life a little bit. Uh, I mean, you were 137 yards in the second half, which is somewhat on paper with with uh i air on pace uh on paper with iowa but 177 yards is never going to cut it in a power five matchup like this only uh only iowa could could get away with numbers like that in a game and they're pretty sure they have this year but it was a brutal, brutal, brutal performance. There was no flow. There was no the offense was not getting any push on the ground. I mean, not able to run the football. Uh, when Northwestern did drop back to pass, um, sacks and penalties kind of killed the drives. Um, really tough performance by the offense. Not what you want as you move forward. And uh, speaking of that, like, what's next? What's next? And how do we? Uh, how do we know how the rest of the season is going to play out? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so now that we know that the uh, offense and defense did were no-shows, what's next here? What's next? And you kind of have to start with the post-game press conference had a radically different feel than it has 
all year long. Fitz seems worn out. He seems tired. He said there are no positives about this game. He said, he's look, they're disappointed. And look, the fans should be disappointed as well. This is a disappointing performance. This is a game that, I mean, on our show last week, we saw uh, Trent Condon of Locked on Hawkeyes. He picked Northwestern to win. Uh, but yeah, it was not a, a performance. You didn't see the same level of fight. You didn't see the same level of uh, competitiveness that you've even seen. And so like Northwestern's lost seven games in a row. We get it. They, but, and they've, they've played eight games this year in most of those games. They've kind of hung in, in some capacity. They did not in this one at all. They got down 20 to nothing really quickly to a bad, bad, bad Iowa offense. Fitz said, look, his best players need to play better. His coaches need to coach better. He challenged them after the game, including, I mean, he said even, even he needs to, needs to be better. But the, the, the promise of, uh, of the start of the season is long dead and long gone. And and Fitz, he did challenge those starters. He said, look, if you're starting in the Big Ten, like we expect more than what, what we're getting right now. It's um, not a lot of positives. And he said that. I mean, he said there were no positives from this game. Next up, you have Ohio State. Um, there's no sugarcoating this. This is going to be ugly. You're nearly a 40-point underdog at home. I, I mean, I can't recall the last time I've seen that in college football, really. Then after that, you have you are at Minnesota, at Purdue, and then back at home against Illinois, an Illinois team that continues to handle business and climb up the rankings. You got two road tests. Minnesota's starting to get healthier. Purdue's going to be a tough game on the road. The schedule... Does not look hopeful at all. It looks like it could be a very, very tough uh, final stretch here for Northwestern. Look, Fitz said that look, he's he's hopeful that they can win out and and get to five and seven and with the number one APR score, maybe find a way to sneak into the postseason. But that's not re- realistic, and he knows that deep down in his heart. Uh, at least I believe that uh, one and eleven is legitimately on the table it's real and um what do you do if that happens well Fitz said he's got to rebuild this roster it has to get better the roster has to go through some sort of over overhaul process the defense has to be overhauled because it is not playing up to the standard that has been set at Northwestern and it's indicative of the good teams that have played at Northwestern especially recently the offensive line is going to lose a lot, and I have concerns about Northwestern's ability to kind of pl- plug and play with what they have on the roster. You may have to go leverage the transfer portal really, really well on the offensive line. The roster needs some sort of injection of talent, and right now, I don't know where that's going to come from. The recruiting class coming in is ranked 27th in the country. Um, but you need to hold on to all of those guys down the stretch. Don't need to have this class fall apart on you. There is long-term optimism, but uh, with the facilities, uh, with Ryan Field getting 
getting its renovation or getting rebuilt. But in the interim, things are not looking overly optimistic. And uh, Fitz is going to have to figure out a way to get out of this. But uh, we will see if he can do that. That's kind of the summary of the game. Instant reactions. Things are bleak. Things are bleak, and I don't know how they're going to turn around. But that's probably going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to Locked on Northwest, and thank you for making it your first listen every day. Uh, We are available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find us. We're also on YouTube. Just search Locked on Northwestern uh, and make sure wherever you're listening, you are subscribed. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. Give us some feedback. It helps us uh, mightily as we try to build this show. Um, I'm your host, Carter Bird. You can follow me on social media at CarterBird13 on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, that's that's probably going to do it for today's show. Later this week, we're going to talk more, I guess, about the state of Northwestern and then start to look forward to uh, this, this Ohio State matchup coming up. But uh, until then, I'll see you all next time.